Imagination Fuel. This episode contains spoilers. Welcome to episode 6 of Imagination Fuel. I'm Bianca. And I'm Sienna. And today, Sienna, want to tell everyone what we're doing? We will be reviewing Artemis Fowl. The new movie that just came out on Disney Plus, I believe it was four days ago. Mm-hmm. We've already seen it twice. Is that good? Yeah, it, it was a bit insane watching it twice in the span of three days. Yes. But I feel like I know this movie very well now. Like, I've never heard of the book or anything before. I did. Oh, you've have I haven't you read, read it? them now. Okay. I didn't even know it was a thing. I thought that it had something to do with The Matrix. Just from the trailer and the way that it looked, I thought that it was something, or it either was The Matrix or looked like The Matrix. And also, Artemis Fowl sounds like something that would be in The Matrix. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't. It was completely different and based in Ireland. So, this is a little different than what we've normally been doing. Yes, it is. This is not from the 40s. So that's interesting. Yeah. We are breaking our chain of going by year, not by year, but in order. It's a special edition. Woot woot, like I said earlier. Okay. Uh, Sienna, want to explain the grades. Yes, we have four grades instead of five for each. Four categories. Four categories. And there's tw- it's over out of 20 overall. So we have plot, animation, slash visuals, impact, and music. And these are these categories we use for all of our Disney reviews. Yes. For the other ones, we've been doing it a little different. But those are the four that we stick by. And we had to change it to animation slash visuals <laughs> when we did that one that was not F- Fantasia, right? Mm-hmm. Which was the one that had, yeah, Fantasia. Oh, what a movie. Thinking about that again. Okay, let's jump right in. Do you want to start with plot? I really want to start with plot. Sure, why not? I'll start with plot. Okay, just just a quick thing. Normally, I just cross my legs really dramatically after I said just a quick thing. I think Sienna's intimidated. Yeah. But normally, I take about one pages of notes. This time, I have taken three pages of notes. And a lot of them have to do with the plot, so this will be lengthy. My eyes are just widening right now because I only took one. We love when we're doing a podcast. You took one note? No, 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 one sheet of notes. Oh, I mean, I thought you took one note. I'm like, well, this will be a lot of me talking and <laughs> no. you nodding. Okay, so I think it's good that we start with plot because there's a lot of plot in yes. this movie. First thing, it is such a great intro. Sorry, first we start with our grades, you know. Oh, yes. Uh, what did you? I gave it a perfect for plot. Five I out of five. Five out of five as well. Wonderful. And I, I'm it. like, well, of course everyone's going to give it perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't even need to talk about that. It is such a great intro. I didn't really know how to talk if we were to talk about this during plot or visuals, but the intro was so it had the ocean's wave. Ocean's wave. Wow. Ocean the waves. The ocean waves. Mm-hmm. English. I do that. Um, the ocean's. The waves of the... There was an ocean. And it had waves. And it had waves. And then it cuts to a bunch of reporters talking, and they're kind of talking over each other, and you're not... You can't really grasp onto one thing unless you try, and it's all in front of this beautiful mansion in Ireland. Great intro. It was amazing. And it had the little... While this wasn't a spy movie, or it was trying to be a spy movie, I'm not quite sure what it is, but it had, like, the classic spy crawl. 
you know what I mean? Not like spy crawl. That's not the I word. I am so confused. <laughs> you know the uh, wor- words when they ha- go to different locations? Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. how it comes up as if it's typing? Yes. And then it goes like, nah, 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 when it goes on screen. I, I've thought of it as a text crawl, but I said spy crawl. But really a spy crawl is just like crawling through a yeah, vent or something. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. <laughs> no one's crawling through vents in no. this movie, I don't think. Or I missed it. So it's such a great intro. Um, next thing I want to talk about in the first 20 minutes. I did not realize it was Josh Gad at first. <laughs> did you realize it was Josh Gad? It took me a little while because I could only recognize him with his hair and his big beard. And his voice? His voice was weird. His iconic Olaf voice was yeah. not as Or Gaston prevalent. voice. He didn't play Gaston. He played LeFou. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he uses the same voice for everything. And then all of a sudden he's switching it up. Have you noticed that basically all of his roles are from Disney? We got Frozen. Huh. We got oh, just kidding. Murder on the Orient Express. There's one that isn't Disney. Oh, unless I it that is. was Disney. Oh, is it Disney? I feel like it's that's Disney. a question for later. Okay. All those times in this podcast that I say it's a question for later, and then never actually ask. Later. <laughs> I will remember. Or, oh, will you actually? Will you won't. But okay. I'll try. Um. Yeah, and he disguised his voice, and the costume was different. Also, it was black and white. I'm. I mean, Josh Gad was black and white for a few seconds in Murder in the Orient Express. But, you know, it's not a usual look that you see him in. Yeah. Which, by the way, we'll talk about this later in visuals. But it's such a great idea to do all that sequence in black and white. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's going through the security footage. That is cool. That I love great. that look. Now, okay. let's cut from different angles, too. First thing of the first 20 minutes that has to do with plot. Um... So the government, this this one part was a little confusing to me, but I think I got it. The government knows about the Aculos and the Aculus, Aculos. Aculus. Is it Aculus or Aculos? Because different characters say it differently. I don't really, I don't even think it matters. I don't think it matters either. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of like Harry Potter, like Hermione. I feel like different characters say it differently. Oh. I think it's Hermione. I mean, when I was reading the books, I pronounced it Hermione. So. Hermione. I'm like, oh, it's no, just Hermione. <laughs> if you read it without knowing what it s- says, I think it's Hermione. Hermione. That's when we do a Harry Potter episode. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I really hope you do a Harry Potter episode. Um. We will do. Hey, if I had to do two Monster High episodes, you can do a Harry Potter <laughs> one. So the government knows about the Aculus. So I assume Artemis Fowl Sr., Stole it from a museum because they talk about museum robberies. And then what was the point of um, Artemis Fowl Jr. getting Josh Gad's character to talk to the government to show that it wasn't it was good in order to clear Artemis Fowl Sr.'s name? I personally think that the government doesn't know about it. That's why the security got the security talker person behind the cameras didn't know who didn't know about this because i think no no he he didn't know about it he asked about the aculus so the government knows what the aculus is i don't think they know the purpose of it i don't think they know about fairies they don't know what it is but they had it in a museum they probably just think it's some random artifact probably and it was stolen from a museum because yeah uh when the reporters are talking you hear, and oh no, not when the reports are talking, sorry. When Artemis Fowles Sr. is supposed to be dead after his helicopter crashed, and you hear it on the TV, they say, oh, billionaire Artemis Fowl, he was thought to be a 
beloved rich guy, and now he's been charged for all these the biggest museum thefts in history. I think that's why they talked about museum thefts, because I think the Aculus wasn't a museum. And I think other things were also in the museum that he had to stole to protect from the bad fairies. That one opal. Opal. Which is an interesting name. I feel like that would be a lot more... Wow, that's a very badly worded sentence. I feel like they expanded that on that a lot more in the books. Probably. I feel like I would love this movie so much more if I read the books. Or I'd hate it, just like Harry Potter when I read the books and then... Or like Percy Jackson's. Jackson's. That one... How many movies did they make? Did they just make the one? They made the first two. And were they... And they cast like 28-year-olds as 11-year-olds? Like, no. I don't even need to see the movie to know that that's Uh, not how to do it. all the characters, like, look different than the I mean, that's inevitably going to happen a bit, but if they go out of their way to make them different. But it was a character... Character? Character? Characteristic? Characteristic that was really important to that character. So... Anywho, we're not into this. Okay, we're not talking about Percy Jackson today. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes, yes. Okay. um, Harry Potter for Percy Jackson, deal. Um, I have something to say. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been talking most of the time. criminal mastermind part. At the very end, Artemis Jr. said he was a criminal mastermind. I didn't understand that either. My first thought was, did he steal anything? No. Wait. Yeah, but I feel like the description of the movie is young criminal mastermind, Artemis Fowl. <laughs> so they kind of had to make it They're like, well, we kind of made through this entire movie and it doesn't really feel like he's a criminal mastermind. And we know that in the rest of the books, he's a criminal mastermind. So let's just throw that line in the end and then yeah. the audience will believe. That and at the is. beginning, the Josh Gad character was saying how it was a criminal mastermind too, how you want him. How is he so. a criminal mastermind without being a criminal? Yeah, he didn't steal anything. What has he stolen? The Oculus was in their house. <laughs> he didn't Give steal it. it. He just took it from his own house. Yeah. And he didn't really take it. He just waited for uh, Josh Gad's character. We should really learn the name of his character, <laughs> but we're going to keep calling him Josh Gad. Until Josh Gad opened the portrait and did his weird beard magic thing in order to mm-hmm. open it up. So he didn't steal it. Yeah. He ain't a criminal mastermind, unless he <laughs> is in the books that we haven't read. Uh-huh. So... Adding on to plot, I thought the plot was very thought through about how Josh Gads had the intro and the ending and how it was present time, then him telling the story, then present time again. I thought that was really thought through. It uh, is such a good movie. I, yeah, it is very good. I love the everything connects together. I bet that if it's from a – this is one of the things that I feel like if it was a movie – people wouldn't understand it. Like, imagine if that there wasn't a book and there wasn't a fan base. I think there's a fan base to this. It's got to be. Because yeah. Disney made it into a movie and everything. And they... Imagine making this movie without any prior context and how weird that is. Like, how Josh Gad's character does the weird jaw thing where yeah. his jaw opens up. And is he a... Go- He's not a goblin. He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf. Oh, yeah. Tall Giant dwarf. dwarf. That's it. Yeah. Which I think that'll be expanded expanded on the inevitable sequel, which they will make because it's Disney and they own eight books. So of course they're gonna make it into a movie. Yeah. Um there is a plot hole, which I found. There are a I, few, I think. There is, but there's this one that really stood out to me that so Commander Roosh. Root. <laughs> it was Roosh this whole time. Commander, Rouge, like red in French? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. This is kind of thinking. Okay. Even though they're in Ireland. Anywho, Commander Root, her position got taken away. I got that part. But I don't get how she got her position back. All of a sudden, you see her talking with Holly Short, and she's just acting like she's Oh, at the very position. end? Yeah. And it's no one true. knows how she got it back. And no one knows what happened to the one guy who became the commander for a span of time. That's a good point. That's probably something that was expanded on in the books and just happened off screen. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense that she got her position back, but it'd be nice to know when she did. Like, did she come all the way back to, or did she not? No, she did because she was telling. Oh, she was telling Holly what to do. Yeah, where to go. Oh, that's a good point. All right, another thing that I think falls under plot. I am no accent expert. Oh, I will not say this, that I'm all. I have this down too. Okay, but I'm pretty sure that they're in Ireland. In fact, I know they are in Ireland because that's how they start the movie. Yes. But everybody has an English accent in Ireland for some reason. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like I, at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that kid has an English accent, but that's, you know what, maybe it's just that actor, maybe him and his dad have, but then... The dad doesn't have a British accent, I believe. He's an Irish actor. Mm. But the guy that plays Dom, by the way, Dom is cool. That's one of my notes. Dom is pretty cool, word by word. Dom? The butler. Oh yeah, Dom. He didn't have an accent either. About his... No, he did. Did he not have an English accent? Oh, now I don't remember. No, he did. I've seen this movie twice in the past four days. Are you sure? Yes. Like, I'm not no expert with (laughs) accents. Like, I suck at also saying, doing accents, too. But I 100% know that was not an English accent. I definitely think you're wrong. Okay. Say what you want. Yeah, his his niece had an English accent. Yeah. That makes sense of... Like, the t- two families both have English accents, but when everyone has an English accent, it's slightly weird. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. Oh, also another thing about the plot. Follows the trope of Disney parents dead. Every Disney movie, oh, at my, least yeah. one parent has to be dead or will die. That's just how it works. That's mm, <laughs> true. M- maybe to make them have an edge to them, try to, it's an easy way to have a 3D character rather than a single personality trait. Yeah. No? But, meh. It'd be, I mean, I guess they did have to follow the book there, so I guess it'd be weird if you just had a mom. Yeah. So it's fine. I guess Disney didn't write the book, unless they did, because I have not looked into the author of the book at all. Um, one thing, this is not related to what you're speaking about, but I have it down. Okay. They- Complete conversation switch. Let's yes. go. Yes. Uh, at the beginning, which I, which was kind of weird, it makes it feel like Artemis- Junior was the bad guy. How Josh Gad was saying his character was like, oh, no, no, you don't want the J- Artemis Senior. You want Artemis Junior. He's a part of this whole evil scheme. It sounds like he's trying to say, and like they're acting like he's no. The bad he just guy. said, "Don't underestimate the kid." I mean, I think that's why they did it. Yeah. I like the way that they uh, prefix his. Well, I'm not saying there's anything bad to it, but I would personally. It was just. Kind of interesting how they did it like that. That made it feel like he was the bad guy. Yeah, you couldn't quite tell whether or not he was going to be... Well, obviously you knew he was going to be good just from the trailers and he's the main character and yeah. Disney always needs to have their main character be good unless it's Maleficent. 
But then I, yeah, but it was kind of weird because I'm like, wait, the main character's the bad guy? I thought he was a good guy in the trailers. So that was kind of interesting how they did that. I like it. I'm glad they did that that way. It was, well, I wouldn't really care about the way they did it. It's just an interesting thing to point out. Okay, speaking of things that Josh Gad says, um, which is a very specific thing that I didn't know I'd be saying today. Uh, one of the things that he says is when, because he's talking to the camera and narrating this, which I'm so glad he was narrating this. Nine times out of ten, I hate narration. And I think narration is a cheap way to tell a story rather than showing us you're telling us. But I do like the fact that Josh Gad's narrating it. I feel like that is cool. But right before the part where they see we see the fairyland for the first time, we hear he goes to the camera in a surveillance room. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the <laughs> Did you notice that? Both times that completely took me out of it. I'm like, wait a sec, did he just say ladies and gentlemen to an inanimate object? <laughs> what? Who's he talking to? Is he talking to... Yeah. And it's not like the people that are watching the surveillance tape can even see what he's saying because we're listening to him talk to a surveillance camera. So he's going, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fairy kingdom. <laughs> to nobody in a dark room. Yeah. It, that was very weird. And I feel like that's said, and now to the fairy kingdom or this, my story continues my, to the underland. Yeah, my story continues. That is a great way that you thought of in five seconds to fix yeah. that. Like... Anywho. Other plot holes. We are not done about plot. <laughs> I have finished all my notes. <laughs> oh, I have not. Okay, so the villain lady, Opal, Opal, yeah, has their phone number. And Artemis has her phone number because he calls her at the very end. Um, tracking phone numbers? She probably has her device that she can contact him, and he just probably memorized the number. When it no, up. but I'm saying that you can track phone numbers. I'm confused. You you can figure out locations, or at least oh. where the phone was in service from the phone number. So why do they need to go on this giant quest to find Opal when they have the phone number? I really hope that that's expanded They're on the sequels. They're not going on a giant quest. They're just went to. A They're finding all of Opal's accomplice accomplices. Wow, I can't say that word. Remember at the very end, because um, the Beechwoods list, which was all of the Opal's accomplices. What's that mean? Oh my goodness. People that were on Opal's side. Oh, yeah. That was given to Artemis Fowl Sr., which was given to Holly Short. And she was the one going to be investigating all the people. And remember her and Root were talking about that? Oh, and how she was going to be a person? And I'm saying this, so they are going on a big quest to find all of Opal's accomplices, but they have a means in order to find Opal. Not only that, but Artemis Fowl Sr. was literally with Opal. <laughs> so they know, oh, well, I can tell you this. Opal is somewhere cold and snowy with mountains. Or that Cause they, they are on the top could be going around to her people she knows or whatever you said what that meant um, to figure out maybe her weaknesses or ways of defeating her stuff like that maybe that's not. true i mean i guess if you find her it's no good if you can't defeat her or yeah. do what you want to do because the artemis senior already couldn't fight her so that's true i mean maybe he was unconscious when he came in no one knows you just see him in chains yeah, and you find him. I assume that's what happened. Yeah. He did just go into a helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. But I, you know what? Also, bad planning. 
I think if I was Opal, my plan would be rather than stealing the man who knows exactly where the Aculus is, I would steal his son. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make way more sense? Yeah. I mean, I guess that he has weapons, or maybe not weapons, but at least things that can fight fairies, Senior can. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. That is page one of notes. I'm really dramatically flipping the paper. Super <laughs> dramatically. Okay. I will now, too, just to feel like I have got a lot of notes. <laughs> just because you want to feel a part of it? Um, so this is a very small thing, but how do Josh Gad's character and Holly Short know each other? It's never said, but apparently they're close friends. But I feel like the fairy kingdom I, is too big for everyone to know everyone. I think it's probably because he's been to jail so many times, you've just seen her all those times. But she has nothing to do with the jail. She's walking by? <laughs> probably She's walking by. the book again. Yeah. I really hope this is, or we're just giving all the credit yes. to the book that does not have that. Um, okay, another thing about plot. I told you I have a lot of things. I know I gave it a perfect score, but I do have a lot of critiques about it. The character of Dom's niece is completely unnecessary. She does nothing except talk, and those lines could have been easily given to Dom, and there would have been no difference. I think they just kept her in the movie in order to make his fake-out death way more intimate and important. Yeah. It's... Like, in Harry Potter, I know I've already talked about this, but when they made the movies, there's so many characters and parts that they took out in order to make it into a movie and not a book, and books have so much more detail. And that just seems like an amount of detail that wasn't necessary. Yeah. Oh, going on to your death of Dom, the butler, the niece wasn't even there for his death. They're just a fairy and That's not true. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. I don't think so. Well, you're wrong. Oh, (laughs) looking at my thing, it says, oh, it just says Opal Convoy. That's the name of the villain. Cool name. That's all I had to say. Oh, this is, I think this is in plot. I really wish that there was more slang or banter or different phrases that fairies and the fairy, people in the fairy kingdom would use. The leprechauns and the dwarves. There's... They they talked just like regular humans do, and nothing was different. The immediate thing I think of is the show The Good Place, and how they all talk uh, and they say weird things like, what the fork and stuff, and because they're in heaven and they can't swear, and so that's what they say. And I really wish that there were some things that fairy said, or like, oh my goodness, when we had our Monster High episode and talked about, oh my ghoul. And things like that. I really wish that there was something, but they just spoke like regular humans and there was nothing really special about them to make them fairies except their powers and their outfits. Oh, and their ears. And the gun. Yes. I guess that's powers. Their powers are very unclear. Yeah. Um, another thing for plot. I'm telling you, I have so many notes. We're just kidding. I actually have four pages. But these aren't just for plot. They're for other things, too. Uh, when... Oh, Yeah. So, I'm fine with child actors. Actually, no, I'll talk about that later. But, here is one part. The, when Artemis Jr. says, anything could happen now, anything is possible, was so cheesy, I cringed. Mm -hmm. You know when the first time that they go, that the main characters go into a time freeze? Yeah. He yells that, and it's like, (laughs) you're just trying to make this sound dramatic and it's super cheesy. Anything could happen now, anything is possible. Well, it's really not, because they're all frozen. Yeah, but who talks like that? I don't know. 
<laughs> Here's um something talking about the time freeze. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. It's supposed to freeze people. The fairies don't get frozen, but like, why were the, the time butler? freeze is not explained because when in the wedding scene, the time freeze freezes everyone. Yeah, except Holly Short. But the time freeze on Foul Manor. Like every all the characters are still moving, and it's just the outside is frozen. But the outside will see the inside unless no, because they're frozen. But they'll still see them if they're frozen, unless there's some no, magic. they're frozen. Oh, Pat! Yeah, they're frozen. <laughs> no, no, I understand now. The freezing lisbeth they're frozen in time, but I don't get why. Then the other the wedding scene. They were actually I, maybe the fairies can choose whether or not they freeze what's inside the bubble or they freeze what's outside the bubble. That's not very descriptive in the movie. They but. don't describe that. The time freeze, the rules of time freeze are not explained. Yeah. They, it, like the catchphrase of this episode, it was probably in the book oh, that probably. neither of us have read. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we will read. Maybe I will. Um. Oh, I actually don't even know what that note says. What was oh, it? Another thing. It's kind of weird that they never show the villain's face. Like, I can't think of one other movie at the moment. I probably will as soon as we stop recording. But I can't think of one other movie in which the villain wore a mask or a cape and their face isn't revealed by the end of it. Yeah. Like, I, w- I immediately thought of Big Hero 6, which probably isn't the best example. Because that is kind of a twist villain, and I guess twist villains always need to be revealed. Actually, I was kind of thinking that it was going to be a twist villain, but it never was. Because the, the villain was never even revealed. So. It might be in the next bu- uh, movie, which I feel like they'll probably happen. Which they definitely will have. From the ending. Maybe be revealed then. Another thing, just like my note of Dom is funny, Judy Dench is funny. No, Dom is cool, Judy is funny. Who's Judy? Judy Dench. She played Root. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah she's, she's good. I she's like her funny. voice, too. Yeah. I forget what she's been. I think, was she also in Murder on the Orient Express? I have no clue. She was in the recent Cats movie, Barf. That's disgusting. But she was also in, I think she was in Murder on the Orient Express, which Josh Gad was also in. Mm -hmm. They know, we know each other. He's a friend from work. (laughs) Oh, I can't, I can't do Chris Hemsworth, unfortunately. What other thing? Last page, just scanning through and looking for plot things. No, 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 no. I have random things of plot scattered in between. I'm just looking at it. Oh, that is a... This is one thing. What a conveniently shaped chandelier. That it's just... (laughs) That it's just small enough, but just big enough that Holly's wings could get caught in it. It it has a long enough chain that it just happens to be able to swing in between the two things for people to jump. The chain is flexible enough so that it can swing all the way to where the giant is. And it just happens to be able to hold two people. Artemis Fowson Sr. She probably just thought that through. He knew exactly what he was going to happen. He knew that they would bring a giant troll and they would be stuck in a he chandelier. He knew that someday he would need to swing on that chandelier. He knew it. He, he was like, oh my goodness, that Sia song has inspired <laughs> yeah. me. I must now have a perfectly shaped chandelier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that made me suspicious. Um, oh, yeah. Another thing from the chandelier scene. So Juliet, Dom's niece, is hanging from a ledge. And then all of a sudden, when Dom supposedly dies, she gets back up again. No, you see her get back up again, yeah. I know. But I'm saying, she was hanging there that entire time. She could have just gotten up. Why didn't she get up ten minutes ago? 
She's hanging there the entire time, and then without help, she gets up. Yeah, you think you would have more strength at the beginning from not hanging there. No, the point is if she could always have gotten up, why didn't she get up? No one knows. She was just probably too terrified, I guess. Yeah, she was like, well, there's a giant troll chasing after me, so I better just stand here. And I bet that that will help. Mm-hmm. I thought she was trained in all these things. Yeah. Like, there was a big part about it. Her unnecessary character got a very cool intro about how amazing she is at fighting and stuff. So clearly she is strong and clearly she is capable, uh, if not as much, close to Dom. Yeah. <sighs> oh, another thing for plot. I'm sorry, I have so many. There's This is a complicated plot. The other categories, I'll whiz through. I have, like, one note from each of them. Okay. So this is why I wanted to start with this one. Um, so you know how when he says, can I trust you, she punches him in the face. But then she says, now you can. And then ten minutes after, the other one, she goes, can I trust you? I was waiting for him to hit her across the face. It would just make sense. Yeah, I think... Like, I think- that's their sign of trust, being hit in the face, which seems weird, but the, their characters are weird. And and then he says something about, we will always be best of friends. What? No, my father once said something about some friend thing. Yeah, and then he says, forever friends. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Just hit, just hit her across the face. That would make life so much easier. Yeah. I'm not into that melty, smelty stuff. Melty, smelty. Melty, smelty. You know, as I always say. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, another thing for right after the chandelier. Luckily, I wrote my plot notes in order. Uh, mostly. So, Holly just knows. So, the Aculus is played up to be this, the most dangerous weapon ever. Mm-hmm. And then Holly Short just knows how to use it. That's because her father is the guy who takes care of it. That's why she probably knows about it. Yeah, that's another thing that's not explained. It's probably explained in the book. Oh, for all we know. Probably explained in that book. <laughs> this book is probably like 6,000 pages with all the things that we think is in there. Do, do, do. Oh, yeah, clearly there'll be a sequel. We already talked about that. I think that they, me, that may, they, me, wow, <laughs> that they may be. I think that I'm done. Oh, yeah, my last note is really makes me want to read. The book? We. Oui. I think that I'm going to read the book. It seems like a cool series. Yeah. Okay, very last thing for plot. <laughs> I know you're getting annoyed, Tina, but I have a lot of things to say. I loved the last line, that well, I think is the last line, that Josh Gad's character says. He says, clap your hands if you believe in fairies. And that brought me back... <laughs> Thank you. And that brought me back to recess in elementary school when the most the game truth or dare the worst dare you could do is go okay you got to go around to like five eighth graders and say clap your hands if you believe in fairies and then clap three times that was my favorite dare to give out to people and when he says it i'm like whoa to me that josh cat knows my childhood to me it kind of freaked me out because there's this book read series i read called the never girls there's a lot of books in it and there's like this one fairy that went around and she wouldn't say that but all the kids were like watching tv or on the electronics or something and she'd get mad and i was just like i know it kind of scared me don't ask why i, I it's just it. i don't want to ask why actually well it's because santa do you want to finally move on sure. to one of our next three categories yes let's go on to music. Music it is. Okay, so, so far I've been doing, I know I've been suggesting all the categories, but I've been going in the order of which I have the most notes for. 
so plot, obviously I had the most mm-hmm. and then music is the second most. That's correct English. I only have a few. Um, so, oh, let's talk about what we gave it. I gave it a four out of five. I gave music a five out of five. I really, I really liked the beginning music and I don't know, the my favorite part was when the classical music played all the yes. time. <laughs> That's what, exactly what I was going to bring oh, up. It was so funny. Like, I think they had the music at the proper times. So That's, That's such a great, great thing. Um, I thought it was an interesting but great choice. That's what I had on my notes. Mm-hmm. So speaking about that scene, something this is the third time Harry Potter has been brought up in this episode, but it sounds like the flower girl is singing the Harry Potter theme song. She goes, mm-hmm, and then stops. Maybe that's just my untrained ear, but it sounded just like it. And I thought about that the first time I watched the movie, and the second time movie, se- second time I watched the movie. There's a, a lot of other things going in that scene, so it could just be my ear. But I, ear- you know, you're a big Harry Potter fan. One, uh, everyone knows that song. Even non, that's is like iconic. That's a. An iconic John knew, Williams score as much it, as the Star Wars. I just heard. Bum, 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 No? Really? No. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Sounds like that's all I. I don't think I have anything more to say, but no, I actually have one thing that is a complaint about the music. <clears throat> How dare you complain about it? No, there is one part that is worth complaining about, and it's when he takes off his reflective glasses. This is how the scene went. Can I trust you? I have want nothing to do with that brain. Takes off sunglasses. <laughs> Obviously the music was better than that, but it happened exactly as he turned off his sunglasses. No, start, it started with a high note like <laughs> No, No, like the music was fine. That's not the point. It was the fact that it was so jarring. Because the music was silent. It's not like there was a bit of music. And I think an easy way around that would it could be like a song playing on a record player or music throughout the whole scene. But it was it was jarring, a jarring way to start the yes. music. Uh, that's all I had to say. But the film score is really great. I love the classic Irish sounds they threw in there. Yes. It is actually scored really well. I just have that one complaint because it was so uncomfortably obvious. Um... I don't think I actually have any more to say about music. I think I only had a few. Oh, but I guess this is kind of a music thing, but it's more of a sound mixing thing. Uh, at the very end, when Holly is finally a commander or whatever she is, and... She's just <laughs> leaving the group. Okay, yeah. Her, her important mission. Mm-hmm. And she walks in there, everybody claps, and then she salutes. And then everyone in the room salutes. But when, but when they all salute... Like, I don't know what kind of jackets they're all wearing, but it's like, when they're saluting and you hear it so loudly. It's not like it's their wings going or something else. I didn't hear that. Okay, if we rewatch the movie in the next two days, like we've already watched it twice, (laughs) you will hear it. It is. I'm like, that is, they have some loud arms. Speaking of that room, I don't even think it's really, it's not even a part to music, but I'll just say it right now anyways. It was kind of weird how, the fairies were some of the most of the fairies are wearing the classic fairy green uniform that we've been shown in the movie and some of them were also wearing that blue 
sort of outfit that centaur was wearing. But then uh, there's like two people that I saw, and they just had normal clothes on. They're just completely randomly dressed. Actually, I saw three of them, but, and one of them was wearing all pink. That was so weird. People to need me. to wear general. People need to wear clothes. I know, but Not they should be wearing their classic fairy uniform. Like they weren't wearing uniform. Anywho, wait, but no, because the fairies that are wearing uniforms are the ones that are commanders and soldiers. There are some regular fairies that aren't soldiers. Uh, They're not going to always... I don't see you wearing a soldier's uniform. Well, I'm not a soldier. Exactly. But then why are they part of the team? Oh, you mean in the actual... um, I thought you just meant in this uh, parts of the streets or something. No, no, no. You mean in the actual command center? Yeah. And leprechaun, as the lady says. (laughs) Which is an acronym for something, but we don't know what it's an acronym for. No, I mean, for. right where you're talking about, where they salute. Oh, that's what you Th- Yeah, mean. I, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I don't know, maybe they weren't wearing their uniforms to just an average meeting. Maybe they only wear their uniforms when they are uniforming. Okay. <laughs> uniforming. Uniforming. That was some excellent English. I don't have any more notes on music. Neither do I. Wonderful. Okay, so now to the category that I have the third most and second least amount of notes for. Which is animation slash visuals. This is more visuals than animation because this is not an animated Disney movie like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So a few of the things I talk about. Well, this one kind of is animation. Uh, I can't tell after watching this movie twice if the CGI of the part with the jaw is terrible or amazing. You know? <laughs> I don't know how to, des- how to describe it. It's just gross. Like... I didn't, can he just have a regular mouth? But I can't tell if it's the worst animation I've ever, like, the worst CGI I've ever seen. Well, actually, it's not. But I can't tell if it's just plain bad or it's actually good. Huh. It's in, it's right in that line. Because the first time that he does, like, the ha thing, it looks fine. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't look fine, sorry. <laughs> That's the part where it doesn't look fine. Then after that, it looks fine. So, after watching the movie twice, I still don't know how to feel about that. But I think it was weird the first time. Like, that was very unexpected. It just kind of yeah. started happening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, where this movie has taken a sudden twist. So, shall we do our grading? Oh, yeah. Don't I always forget about that? Yes. I gave it a 4 out of 5. I gave it a 5 out of 5. Even though there's some gross parts of me, it was the jaw part and his hair coming out of his nose and his mustache. Besides that, I really enjoyed it, especially when Holly was using the Aculus. That part looked really cool, in my opinion. It was really... But that did look really cool. Yeah. I The first time I saw it, I was like, why are they doing that? That's so weird. But the second time I saw it, I was like, that's actually pretty cool. And there's also spots that I liked when... Oh yeah, when they're flying, when Holly was flying, and Fairyland looked really cool in my opinion. Oh yeah, but I was really confused because the first time you saw Fairyland, they were going in boats, like water, to go to Fairyland. Then all of a sudden, they went in and they could feel the air. It was like they're flying boats. That was confusing to me. I don't. Know. Also, uh, they don't. This is. I guess this is in plot, but it's not really explained. Like how. They get in between other places because sometimes it feels like it's such a, like at the beginning of the movie, in the first few times they go, it's such a big deal when they go, when they transform between worlds and they're like, hold on to your breakfast, it's going to be a bumpy ride and there's yeah. a giant spacecraft and only one person can fit in and there's no space for passengers. 
and it's like it takes a while to go there and it's crazy and then all of a sudden they're importing like armies and then they just have a random hole in the ground and then people come so quick to me the hole is so weird like that's not how they're gonna go through they have to go through scorching lava and not and not only that but josh gad's character when he was in prison and then somehow there was well, no, there is message in between Root and her army and Forney. Hmm? I forget. Fawny? I forget what the guy's name is. That's oh, yeah. the centaur. And so there is communication in between them. So that makes sense that they found out through the fairyland that they needed Josh Gad's character who was in jail. But then he came so fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He said, oh, the, so Artemis Fowl Jr. went, okay, the time freeze is going to break in 27 minutes. And that's what everybody is afraid of. And then mm-hmm. he came in, like, no time then because the, the time freeze holds for a while after that. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's yeah. all I have to say. But back to visuals, uh, I have one more thing specifically I want to talk about. And it's just that the wedding scene is beautiful. <laughs> like not so only does it look so nice with the uh, way that the string lighting is and how it's like on cobblestone streets and everyone's dancing and stuff when the time stops it reminds me of that challenge that happened a few years ago i know that the um cast of the cast the crew of the ellen show did it where they where you take the video and everybody's frozen you know that challenge that happened a few years ago nope okay well it happened and it reminded me of it and it was so pretty and everything that was falling down in the dresses that's all i have to say about that or anything in this category Hugh, um amazing directing there's so many spots that i found that and yeah there's nothing really else for me to say wonderful and now onto our final category which i have the least amount of notes on aka one impact impact so i only gave it a two out of five for impact huh what'd you give a four. Okay. I I feel like I'm wrong about this just because I don't know the fandom of Artemis Fowl and whether or not it's big. And if this is really something that children... Because I assume this book is for children or tweens or whatever. It's young adult novel. Is that what it's called? I'm not sure what it is. It's probably in the same wheelhouse as Percy Jackson, I think. Or Age of Olympus. Which is Percy Jackson. No. I'm not going to get into this now, but no, not really. <laughs> that's not airplane turbulence. That's me sighing. <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Oh, yeah, I give it two to five because I don't I don't understand the fa- I don't. It's not that I don't understand. I don't know if there is a fandom and what its following is. And I think that this movie would have had a greater impact if it was released in theaters. I'm not sure. Was this supposed to be released in theaters? Do you know? Nope. Okay. I have a feeling it was. It feels like a theater movie. Yeah, it does. But I'm not sure. It, I mean, The Mandalorian also feels like a theater thing, but that's just for Disney Plus and it was always supposed to be. And Onward was supposed to be theater. It was in theaters for a little while. Yeah. So I actually don't know. And I feel like if it was in theaters, then this would be something that more people have been talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't seen much about this. Like, I haven't seen much press or anything. Wow, I sound so old. The only really things I've seen about Armist Fowl is on Disney Plus, but besides that, but that's because we've watched they it twice. Really advertise it that much, in my opinion. There was a there was a few trailers. Maybe that's just not the t- uh, channels that we're on that we see it. But Maybe there's been a few things on 
Um, oh, shoot. Uh, what, what, what is the... ABC. Oh, yeah. AB, like, I couldn't even think of the first three letters of the alphabet. Oh, my goodness. There was, a, But that's because Disney owns ABC. But besides that, I haven't seen much. But also, we don't really watch Disney Channel anymore. But I'm sure that there's quite a bit on that. Yeah. But, there, yeah, this doesn't really change anything. And also, I bet if... Um, oh, shoot, what's it called? Uh, Comic-Con. If any of... Not Comic-Con, but any of the... Uh, geek, fan Expo? Fan Expo. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. If anything like Fan Expo was running, that's how I normally like to judge how as popular a series is, is how mm-hmm. much it appears at places like Fan Expo. Because that's you really know. How it's not just a corporation telling you that you need to care about something that's showing if people actually care about something. Yeah. Like if they next, well, there's an, I'm not actually, never mind. I'm not going to finish that thought because I've brought up Harry Potter way too many times in this episode <laughs> in order for it to have another thing. Um, I give it a four because I thought it was really cool, but it doesn't have, to me, it's memorable. It is memorable. Maybe I was being harsh. It's probably, if I read the series, I think it'll be way more memorable. I really wish I read the series. Now that I think about it, I think I've seen the book cover in, like, my elementary school library. I've seen a lot. Like, my class reads it a lot, and I've seen people with it. That would be definitely something that I'd be interested in. And to think of how many times in my tween years that I didn't know what to read and I was forced to read in school so I picked the most random books and read them <laughs> and, and there's Artemis Fowl right on the shelf who knew I that I would it. like this random book about a- you know what actually I do remember this I thought that this was about mythology that's which, what I thought too which in a way it is mostly because <laughs> I thought it was like oh it's the fowl of Artemis as in the archer same same <laughs> that's what I thought same. it was I'm I like Greek mythology and such. I think I would have read it if it was like that. Yeah. Mythology. I don't even know. What kind of is mythology? It's Irish mythology. Greek mythology. If it was Greek mythology, I think I would actually be reading it. The name Artemis makes it a little confusing. Yeah. But. Or we're just dumb. That's also likely. We just just didn't bother to read the back of the cover. (laughs) We judged the book by not only the cover, just the title. That's. Yeah, I do that a lot. Okay. (laughs) I think that we are done. Our yes. talking. Oh my goodness. I have said so much. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Well, drumroll, please. Wait. That's a <laughs> terrible drumroll. Okay, so I gave it a 15 out of 20, a 75%. That is good. It lost its marks um, in impact mostly, but that's not really its fault. That's Corona's fault. Yes. Anything else? I just realized I forgot to do my overalls. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's adding four numbers, Sienna. Adding four numbers. Do you have a I joke? got a 19 out of 20. I lost Wait, one where did it lose the one mark? Impact. Oh yeah. You get, I didn't even realize you gave perfect. I don't keep track of what you're saying. This was a really good movie. It was a very good movie. I feel like it deserves more than 15. I say that almost every episode. I, I didn't get bored watching it a second time. Usually if I read it. Watch, sorry, not read. Watch for a second time and you just get bored of it, but for me it was fascinating. I think this is only the second time that I've watched a movie twice in one week. The other movie was Maleficent, the first one. Mm-hmm. Remember that we watched it as a family? And the okay. next day we watched it as a family again because we got it on, like, we rented the DVD from the library and or whatever like, it was. Remember what that was still yeah, thing? and then we paid money for it, so we're like, we'll watch it a second time. Any Remember going to the library? Oh, I missed that. My goodness. Okay. Any, yeah, final thoughts. That's where we were talking about. Final thoughts. Um, 
I really enjoyed Artemis Fowl. I love the giant scene. That was like my favorite. That really? Was- that was my least favorite scene, but okay. No, the one where they're all frozen. The oh yeah, sorry. The, the, the wedding, the wedding scene. Yeah, that's a great scene. Um, that's really when I whenever someone says Artemis Fowl, or I think of that, I always think of that immediately. So, uh, by anyone you mean me, I'm the only one that's been talking about Artemis Fowl well, that you've yeah, seen. You. <laughs> yeah, it is a great movie. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. Now is a wrap on episode six. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at imagination underscore fuel. Bianca and Sienna signing off.